Hi, friends. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Good Morning Family, a podcast of my weekly sermons. Who knows? Maybe I'll throw in a special sermon for you every now and then. I hope this podcast is good news for you. If you find these words helpful, please rate and review my podcast on iTunes or on whatever host you found it. Thanks for your help and for being part of the family. And now, here's this week's sermon. Listen and enjoy. Good morning, family. Here's a strange question for you. Did anyone call you a name this week? This week I had a student call me Mr. Teacher. I asked, don't you know my name? And he answered, of course I do, Mr. Mills. I just like calling you Mr. Teacher. Well, if you've been with us for the past two weeks, then you know that Jesus has been calling people names. Two weeks ago, we heard Jesus call a woman a dog. Last week, Jesus called Peter, his own disciple, Satan. These are startling moments in the pages of the gospel. Now, today, it seems like Jesus' disciples want Jesus to call them, or at least one of them, a name too. To make a declaration about one of them that would set them above the rest. Let's look at Mark chapter 9, verses 30 through 37. Hear the word of the Lord. From there, Jesus and his followers went through Galilee, but he didn't want anyone to know it. This was because he was teaching his disciples, the human one will be delivered into human hands. They will kill him. Three days after he is killed, he will rise up. But they didn't understand this kind of talk and they were afraid to ask him. They entered Capernaum. When they had come into a house, he asked them, what were you arguing about during the journey? They didn't respond since on the way they had been debating with each other about who was the greatest. He sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, Whoever wants to be first must be least of all and the servant of all. Jesus reached for a little child, placed him among the twelve, and embraced him. Then he said, Whoever welcomes one of these children in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me isn't actually welcoming me, but rather the one who sent me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. At school the other day, some of my seventh graders were having a bit of an argument. They asked me for my opinion on the matter. They asked me who I thought was the greatest basketball player, Michael Jordan or LeBron James. In my lifetime, I was privileged to watch the legendary boxer Muhammad Ali. He shocked the world in 1964 when he declared, I am the greatest. More recently, NFL quarterback Tom Brady has been called the GOAT, the greatest of all time. Why are we obsessed with greatness? Who wants to be the GOAT, the greatest of all time? Who wants to be first? Why do we want to be the most powerful? Who wants to be the leader? My guess is that most of us have some hesitation about owning up to any of those goals or desires. I mean, how many of us would have the audacity to stand up and declare, I am the greatest? 
like the disciples who followed Jesus, I think most of us are reluctant to say that we are interested in questions of greatness, let alone aspiring to be number one. Some of us have been taught that it's wrong to want to be first, to want to be powerful. We've been told that we should seek to be last, to be powerless, to be servants, at least on Sundays, right? We might even feel a little bit guilty for wanting influence. So we hold ourselves back from exercising whatever power we do have. We don't want to seem immodest or selfish or pushy. As a society, we tend to be critical of those who flagrantly aspire to positions of leadership. Folks who blatantly seek leadership positions are suspect. We assume that they must be power-hungry or egomaniacs. They must hunger for riches, so we test them. We watch them like hawks, waiting for them to fall or to fail. We might even belittle them with jokes, cartoons, or editorials. Perhaps one reason we are suspicious of people who overtly seek power is that so many people in powerful positions use that power to hurt people. You know the kind of people I'm talking about. Corporate bigwigs, union bosses, elected officials, and even some church leaders. If we were in church today, we might read or hear words from the Book of Wisdom. Solomon tells us that the ladder-climbing, self-seeking, power-hungry people sing a song that goes like this. Let us oppress the righteous poor man. Let us not spare the widow or regard the gray hairs of the aged. But let our might be our law of right, for what is weak proves itself to be useless. Sounds about right, doesn't it? We've seen influence and power used to increase someone's personal wealth more times than we can count, haven't we? We've seen disturbing examples of people in leadership positions protecting the interests of other powerful people at the expense of the weak and the powerless. As we uncover more and more occurrences, our suspicion of people in power or people who crave power, people who want to be number one, grows. Honestly now, who wants to be associated with the greedy and dishonest and the abusive? Do you? Common wisdom tells us that even if you are reform-minded, an honest person out to improve the system, you wouldn't get very far without having to compromise your integrity. You know the saying, power corrupts, right? And absolute power corrupts, absolutely. Even Jesus seemed to agree. Well, that's one way to interpret passages like the one we read today, isn't it? We should aspire to be servants. We should focus on welcoming other powerless people into our community, right? But who wants to be last? Who really wants to be powerless? Who seeks to be a servant of all? Who wants to grow a community of the disenfranchised, the poor, the weak, the resident alien? Perhaps we should be a bit more honest here. Very few of us aspire to humility or humbleness. We may not be opposed to starting out on the bottom rung of the ladder, but our aim is to climb higher and higher, isn't it? And so we are left with quite a dilemma. How do we reconcile our longing to be powerful with our suspicion that power 
is bad. How do we handle the notion that our longing for more power or influence taints us in some way, that it aligns us with the ungodly? Well, let's take another look at today's Gospel reading. One way to interpret it is to conclude that Jesus does not want his disciples to be great. Let me give you a little context. Mark tells us that Jesus had just finished telling his disciples for the second time that he was going to Jerusalem to be betrayed and killed. Not exactly an image of power and triumph. Not the world's idea of winning, right? That's about the time he discerned that the disciples had been discussing who among them was the greatest. So what did he do? He sat them down and told them that greatness is bad. Aspire to be a powerless servant. Follow his example. Well, that's one way to interpret what Jesus did. Now, there is at least one other way to interpret this story. Notice here that Jesus did not actually say that greatness was bad. It was the disciples who seemed to worry that their discussion was out of line or out of place when they refused to admit that they had, in fact, debated with one another about who was the greatest. Jesus recognized that greatness was an issue for the disciples. He knew that they were upset and confused when he talked about his upcoming death and he sensed that they were concerned about who was the greatest. They were conflicted about their interests and desires concerning their own greatness. So Jesus took advantage of this teachable moment. Now notice what Jesus did not say. He did not say that whoever wants to be first is a bad person, or whoever wants to be great is greedy, power-hungry, and corrupt. Instead, Jesus simply offered direction for anyone who wanted to be first. Do you really want to be first, he asked? Do you want to be great? To be truly great, here's what you have to do. Jesus affirms that the desire to be first is natural. In fact, he doesn't even comment on it. What Jesus does discuss is the paradoxical path to greatness. If you want to be first, he says, you must be last of all and servant to all. Well, what does that mean? Is it okay to want to be first as long as you never act on that desire? Does Jesus mean that if you want to be first in life, just stay quiet? Don't call attention to yourself? Don't raise your hand? Just quietly walk to the end of the line? Don't worry, sooner or later, someone in authority will see how good you are and reward you by sending you to the front of the line. Then you will be the leader. Now, some women have been taught to believe that what Jesus meant here was that they will be rewarded for always serving others first, that they will receive blessings for disregarding their own needs, even in the face of psychological and physical abuse. Well, let me say unequivocally that that is just plain wrong. That's not what Jesus is saying at all. The problem is that people do not consider the context for the teaching. Jesus begins his instruction with these words, whoever wants to be first. 
What if we understood that Jesus was speaking to the leaders in the church, the 12 disciples first, and then all those to come who would continue to embody Jesus's earthly ministry? If you want to be leaders in the community, if you want to be trusted, if you want to ensure that your own ethical standards are not compromised, if you want to be one of the great ones, then you must put your own interests last. There's nothing wrong with wanting your own voice to be heard. Just be sure that all others have a voice when you use yours. There's nothing wrong with wanting to improve your financial well-being. Just be sure that you attend to the financial well-being of the rest of the community first. Being a good leader, being a great leader, must mean being a servant to all. It means serving the poor as well as the rich, caring for women as well as for men. It means honoring Jews as well as Greeks, children as well as adults. And Jesus used a child to illustrate what he means to exercise power. A truly great leader, the most powerful one in the community, will receive a child not as a dependent and not as an obligation, but as an equal, as a co-leader. Because, Jesus says, in welcoming anyone in his name, especially the least powerful in the community, means you are welcoming Jesus. And whoever welcomes Jesus, welcomes God. So it's okay if you want to be first. It's okay if you want to be a leader. It's okay, really, if you desire power, just as long as you welcome everyone into your community and treat everyone in your community as if each and every one of them were Jesus. Then and only then will you be one of the great ones. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Good and gentle God, you cherish the humble above the proud. Bless those who put others first and who follow the example of Jesus. You turn around the values of this world and invite us to participate in a way of living where the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And the greatest in your kingdom will be servants of all. Thank you for the gift of courage, Lord, to step out and dare to be different, to step out and love others in the same way as you love us. Today, Father, we remember and pray for those who are in need, especially those who are ill. Again, we pray for those who are afflicted and affected by COVID-19. Give us wisdom, direction, and protection, we pray. We pray for everyone dealing with or dreading natural disasters. We also pray for those who seek refuge, asylum, and safety. Help us, your disciples, to bring and to be your love and your healing for those who desperately need it. Help us to comfort and care for those who are the last, the least, the lost, and the left out. And now using the words debts and debtors, let us pray with boldness the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, thank you for joining me today. Was this message helpful to you? If so, will you share this podcast with three friends this week? Also, your job this week is to love. Love at least three people and make sure at least one of them doesn't deserve it. Because everyone needs love and everyone needs to know that God loves them no matter what. Please don't let all the responsibilities and busyness of life rob you of your joy. With Jesus, we always, always, always have hope. Now receive these words of benediction today. May the Lord bless you and protect you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face to you and grant you his peace. Amen. Amen.